Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. This podcast is all about the outdoors, fitness, and most importantly, living the best life you can, both physically and mentally. I love finding people who strive to be their best at anything they are taking on, such as running, weightlifting, cycling, hunting, you name it. I want to hear their story, and hopefully it gives us all a chance to take something away from it and apply it to ourselves. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast, everyone. I'm Brad, your host. Uh, today we have such an awesome dude on here, uh, Jason Cole. He is big in the hunting industry, uh, loves to work out fitness-wise, uh, is a great photographer in the hunting industry. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so how you doing, Jason? Good, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, and thanks for those, uh, those kind words. Jeez, like I'm over here blushing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody uh, follows your page on Instagram. You know, you do you do some pretty amazing photography stuff with, uh, uh, you know, firearm companies, uh, archery companies, and then you actually film, you know, hunts or photography, photo hunts, um, you know, with some pretty big names in the hunting industry. Uh, so I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. So yeah, let's, um, you know, you know, what got you into all this? Well, well so the, yeah, go, the, yeah, what got, the what filming, got you into hunting? Oh, sorry. What uh, got you into hunting and filming? The, the hunting thing is uh, I'm one of those, uh, those dirt kids that grew up, you know, with a dad that drug them out of bed when they were too young to hunt. Um, and the old man drug me out in the woods and uh, kind of instilled that, that hunting passion into me. Um, so I, I grew up in a family that hunted, um, not just, not just for the fun of it. Uh, there was more to it, you know, growing up, my dad set me down on a stump and explained to me the rules of, of hunting, if you will, I guess we call it. It's not just about the killing. It's, 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 if anything, it's more about just being out, you know, going out outdoors, being outside, enjoying mother nature, enjoying, enjoying things that are, that are simple in life, like turning, kind of turning life, the, the life itself, turn that off and enjoy something that's fun and peaceful. And right. so as I, as I grew older, obviously I started hunting and I always hunted with my dad. And then, um, when I turned 18 and become my own adult, I had to, I took a job. I'm a welder fabricator by trade. And so the job, the job path that I, I chose kind of stopped my hunting. And so all the way up till 20, about 28, 29 years old, I didn't, I didn't get a hunt. I just didn't have time. I was always working. I had to work. Um, I had to make ends meet. You know, I wasn't the kid that was living at home, uh, with mom and dad. I was, uh, supporting myself at 18 years old. So at 20, 29 i got back into hunting uh 28 29 i got back into hunting um and everything was still there you know my my old man even got back into hunting so that was really nice and then uh, probably a year it was like a year maybe maybe two i don't remember exact timelines anyway some buddies of mine and i decided we would try this whole we were going to we were going to backpack in, we were going to get, you know, we were going to do this backpack thing. And so we drew these tags 
uh, in Oregon that are, I mean, it's pretty much, it's just pretty much that dude. It's like backpack wilderness style hunting. Right. So here's three, three kids, you know, not kids, not, not at 30, uh, three guys, dude, super green. Uh, not a clue in the world how you're supposed to do this. Right. So like the first year we, we kind of took it upon ourselves and just took a, took a stab at it, dude, went in there like 80 plus pound, you know, packs and not canned chili, dude, just no, no clue what we were doing. And so like that year it was like, all right, so you come back, you rethink it. And it's like, no, that was a lot of fun. We got to, we got to see things that you don't normally see kind of being that traditional hunter. Right. right. So the next year we, we kind of regrouped and rallied and uh, got better gear, did some research, uh, spent more time in the area and come up with this brilliant idea that to, to save weight is we would go in there and scout. And when we go in there and scout, we would take canned chili and, and bury it. We were burying food in uh, food containers. That's and awesome. I mean, do we thought we were living, we were living the smart way. And so I think we did that for, I think we did that for like two, almost, no, maybe it was just a year. Anyway, on upon one of our little scouting adventures to bury food, it might've been two years. Uh, we run into these, these guys on the, on, on the trail and they're not, they're not hunters, they're hikers. And so they were a little standoffish at first, but you know, just like anybody would be, I'm sure you meet some random person on a trail, but I was, I was very intrigued. These people are telling me they're walking 30, 40 miles a day. Uh, they're PCT through hikers. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, how do you, like, what are you guys, what are you guys carrying? What are you eating? And they kind of, they indulge a little bit on all this, this newfangled gear to me, you know? And it's like, I talked to my buddies. I'm like, oh, we, you know, we need to get this stuff. And they're like, no, we don't. And so soon, you know, I found myself at an REI asking more questions and found myself on the PCT uh, afterwards asking not not just I went on the trail I don't think for any other reason than to try to run into hikers and ask questions like make a notebook right of all these secrets and these tips and these tricks and so that kind of like once I dove back into hunting dude I was like I just took the the head you know I just took it head on well aside from aside from um you know packing out an animal and having a few extra things for uh butchering an animal uh and your weapon i mean you're you're essentially a hiker you know that's all you're doing yeah, you are and and i i kind of was the same way as you there i i really got into looking at hiking you know that that area of being in the mountains and then I had the hunting side of things and I tried to really combine them when I first started out and I kind of went, okay, this, this type of hiking thing, you know, product is great for hunting. Like this is what I need. And then some of it would be like, okay, well, I need something tougher. And that's when you kind of find the, the niche companies like Kafaru that actually make a hunting style backpack that, um, you know, is, is going to carry a hundred and some pounds if need be, whereas your, your, 
you know, hiking Kelties, whatever they're, you know, after 40 or 50 pounds, they're kind of at, at, at their limit. Uh, but yeah, I, I started out like that too. Like, okay, I'm going to watch these guys hike and, you know, not so much. I went on a trail, but I would look stuff up online and just go down a rabbit hole with, okay, what are these guys doing when they're hiking a PCT or, um, some of those other extremely long trails and how are they surviving out there with minimal equipment basically? Yeah. Well, and that was just it, dude. It was a, it was an evolving thing. Right. But as I evolved, as I, I guess as I evolved into this, I'm always, I've always been a hunter. I grew up hunting, but now I found this, this new passion that wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the typical, like set up a, go, go to a spot, set up a camp and then hunt from camp or just day hunt, you know, hiking in a few miles with, with my old man and a, and a rifle or whatever. It was literally, you were living it. You were living that particular hunt for five, nine, 10, 14 days, whatever it was. Right. And I, as I was doing all this, I, I remember like every time I, I would go into these, these remote locations, dude, I was seeing stuff that I didn't even believe was, was even believable. It wasn't even it was like a fairy tale. It was like a dream. And so, you know, cell phones then weren't so great. And then you, I mean, of course you took pictures, right? Like you took pictures, but right. then you want to tell your, you want to tell all your friends about it. And it gives you, it gives you this sense of kind of, uh, being alpha. Like you're, you're, you watch movies, you watch all this, you watch TV shows, whatever you do. And you, you, you see these characters, doing this this rough tough stuff and all of a sudden you find yourself you're in the rough tough stuff and you're doing it and right it's i can say this about like hunting not so much it's not for everybody but when you start getting into backcountry hunting it's either you're either going to make it or you're going to break it's going to break you and it's going to do it it's not going to do it in like a couple years dude it's going to do it like it's going to be the first trip out and it's going to make you or break you like you're going to become fully addicted or you're going to hate it. That's just, yes. the, that's what I have. That's exactly the way I've seen it happen. I've never seen anybody be like, no, I try it again. No, they're right. like, nope, not for me. I'm out. Right. Especially if you get some weather of some sort, you know, even, even just a, a good thunderstorm, like here in Colorado, when you're up at, you know, 12,000 feet uh, and you're above tree line or at tree line, and a, and a good thunderstorm rolls in. I mean, they're scary. Like it's not, uh, you know, I, I, I personally do not like them. Uh, I, some guys don't care, I'm sure. Uh, but for me, like, yeah, I still go. Cause I know that's part of it, but man, if you're not prepared for that, like some of those thunderstorms and lightning storms up there, I mean, they will, they will rattle you a little bit, you know, if you're right in that storm and, um, you know, I've had a few where, you know, I've, I've had my buddy, my hunting partner, he said, well, we've seen the flash, so we're still alive, you know, because the flash and the yeah. boom were, the flash and the boom were so close together. Uh, you know, I was like, we're right in this thing. And he's like, well, we've seen the flash, so I know we're still alive. Uh, but for some people that would be enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not ever doing this again. So you're, you're right. It's not, it's not a real, um, well, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll be miserable again. That's fine. It's either, you know what? I love doing this or nah, I'll stay home and, and eat a hot meal every night. 
Right. And that's, I mean, that's fine too. Right. Like it, yeah, it's, that's okay. Like it, it's okay. Like you don't have to be a backcountry <laughs> hunter, but you know, and so the backcountry thing kind of led me into, I guess you could say it kind of, it kind of led me into my photography because like some kids growing up, our, our dads are, our, they're like our, they're our superheroes, right? To us, right. they're, they're Batman. We want to be Robin. And right. you know, our, our, there's a plenty of people out there that don't want to grow up to be like their dad. Dad. And, uh, so like when I was, when I was born, um, I was born abroad. Um, and when I was born, my dad, my dad was into photography, um, you know, back in the days of film and that kind of stuff. And then is, as I was, as I started to grow, grow up, I mean, I remember him kind of, he kind of ditched the camera, you know, he found, found other hobbies. We, we moved back to the U S and then, um, as he, as he found other hobbies, he kind of one hobby overtook that hobby and so on and so forth. And so as I was in, you know, doing these, going at all these cool places and I'd found this adventurous side growing up as a kid, I guess I should hit that too, is my old man was very, he was, he was very passionate about showing me that you don't have to go to Disneyland. You don't have to go to Disney world that you can go see these other things. Like I remember being a kid, my dad had come home on a Friday after work. He'd put me in the pickup truck and he just, him and my mom and I would just take off driving in a direction. And then we'd come to some sort of, you know, major, major intersection of the turning point. It's like, now do you, do you keep going, do you keep going East or do you go North? And so right. my sense of adventure is, has been my sense of adventure and my, my hunting, all these things have been instilled in me since I was, a, since I was born. Um, <clears throat> so my sense of adventure, my hunting, and all of a sudden, having this free time to go and live, live this life and go, I remember, you know, being a, a kid, my dad was taking me places and I'm like, I want to go places. I want to see things. And I, you know, and it's like, I could go do that. Um, and, and I could go on some cool hunt too. I could, I could combine two things. Brilliant. Right. right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I was seeing all these cool, these, these sceneries, I was seeing lakes, I was seeing all this stuff. And I, I was driven to share it with people. And, um, so kind of in the short of it, that got me into photography. I had no intentions of getting into the hunting industry, none whatsoever had no intention. I was just going to buy a camera. Um, I was going to take pictures along my way and I, that's all I was going to do. And I didn't know, you know, what kind of camera to buy. I had friends that I could reach out to and, so I actually borrowed a camera. I, I borrowed a camera body. I went and bought a lens. Um, I took some pictures and I'm like, man, this is super cool. Like I don't even have to drive 10 minutes from my house and it feels like I'm going on an adventure. So uh, I was, I work, uh, I work in the industry now. So my very first, some of my very first things and I've met some great people through them was Northwest mountain challenge. And so I went and got my own camera body, which I already had purchased a, a lens. So I had a lens and I had some stuff and I kind of went around taking pictures of people shooting their bow and, 
you know, I'm like, wow, this is, su- this is super fun. Like, this is kind of cool. I got to shoot my bow. Right. And I got to mm-hmm. take pictures. Like I'm, I'm combining all these things and I'm just, I'm over here like a, like a small kid in a candy store, dude. I'm just like, Oh, this is awesome. Right. So then <clears throat> I went to some hunting conventions. Uh, and again, dude, I, I found myself going to this hunting convention. I found myself at the camera store. I bought more gear and <clears throat> I just wanted to, I wanted to, I kind of, I guess in a sense, I wanted to make a paper trail of my adventures, not for anybody, not for social media, just so I could maybe one day look back and go, man, I remember that. That was such a good time. Like I remember, I remember meeting one certain person, you know? Right. And so as I did this and having, having made these friends in this, in this hunting industry is, you know, I made, I made, I guess I made some of the right friends and I, when I made these friends, I didn't have a camera in my hand. They were just my friends. I, there was something that I was drawn to them. Like, I just thought, oh, that's a, that seems like a genuine person. It had nothing to do with their name or their title in the industry or free or any of that crap. It didn't have anything to do with free and name, none of that. And so as I picked up this camera, right, there were certain people watching me that were my friends. And so, uh, my very first like debut, if you will, is I was going to these, these like 3d events and I was taking pictures and, uh, some companies were using them. They were like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, you know, send us that, you know, send us that image. But that's just like, I consider that you're just kind of dabbling in it. You're not really in it. Right. Right. So I was at the Western hunt expo. So were they, my big debut is. To confirm, were were they paying you for those images at that point, or were they just like, "Hey, no, this will help help you get no. your name out there"? And I was doing it all for free. Okay. I, I I might get shunned if I if I say some of the things I I might say in this podcast later, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll cover that. So I'll I'll tell people uh, I don't care. Anyway, so I was in I was in Salt Lake, uh, and I'm. I'm friends with Jason Phelps and the whole gang. And so Jason come to me and he, he found me and he's like, Hey, he goes, I got a proposition for you. I'm like, Oh, cool. What's up? I'm sitting here thinking, okay, maybe next year he wants to hire me to work in his booth. He's like, you want to go to Wyoming this year and film a hunt? I'm like, film a hunt. Film. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out how to take pictures. He's like, it's all right, dude. He goes, you'll, you'll figure it out real fast. And so I started like asking and without even thinking, I said, yes, I'm in not even, I didn't even, I didn't think about like the time off from work. I didn't think about any of that. It it was at that very second that I decided that that spark was, was, it it was nothing more than a spark. It was, it was going to fizzle and die. And this was like my opportunity sent to me to turn a spark into a fire. Yeah. So now that, well, now that you've brought this up, like, um, I mean, that, that's a good, good, good thing you brought up because, um, I was going to say like, what is it like filming in the hunting industry? And, and you're kind of bringing us right into that. Yeah. So I had not a clue how to film. I, I had no idea on settings. And so, the Western Hunt 
as most of you probably listening would know, it's in February. So elk hunting happens usually in September. So I had some time and I was a complete stress ball because I was like, dude, you can't screw this up. Like this is your, this is your chance. And that's how I treated it was. This is your one chance. You're either going to make it or you're not. Well, not only that, but those, those guys, uh, you know, with their YouTube content and things, I mean, they're making money off of this. I mean, it's, it's part of their, this part of their content. It's a big deal to have that film drop on YouTube or uh, drop on their website or however they're going to do it. Uh, You know, so that, you know, I don't know what these guys make and I'm sure it's not like you're retiring off of it, off of it, but to have that content is a big deal in this industry. It is. Well, and it's, it's how you make the name, right? It's, Exactly. It's, the, it's, I mean, Jason, you know, Jason's a, a game call company, so he has that, but there's a lot of people that, that not only support Jason on the business end of buying game calls, but they, they, they are now self game call users because of YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that, that's what strung them into using Phelps game calls is they seen Jason, Jason making game calls and calling in these, you know, these giant bulls and, seeing the success they're like hey i guess what i gotta get my hands on that game call and so going into that hunt like i had i had dove full in you know full tilt into the internet of watching youtube videos on filming and asking asking friends that were uh photographers and filmographers in the industry i'm like what do i do and they're like dude why are you so worried I'm like what are you serious right now? Like, why am I worried? I'm going to go on a hunt with this, you know, might as well be one of the biggest named stars of the hunting industry. Absolutely. Why am Yeah. Why am I nervous? <clears throat> and one of them told me, he goes, dude, he goes, you're overthinking it. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm overthinking it. He goes, you just need to go shoot the video. Like you shoot your pictures. He goes, and don't worry about anything else. He goes and have fun. I'm like, what? Like, what? What was he telling me? There was there a secret there? And so a little bit of time went by, and as we were coming, like, do we're in August, so this hunt is very close. And it was that was eating me alive. What he? What did he mean when he told me, shoot the video like I shoot my pictures, and you'll be fine. And so I, I actually text him and I was like dude what does that mean he goes your pictures are you're still growing right you're still you're still growing photographer I'm like correct he goes so your pictures they don't suck he goes but you have a very creative eye he goes as a as a a very green photographer he goes you've got things going on I'm like oh dang so like I'm like okay well, how is it that I, like, what am I doing differently than everyone else? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't go to school, but so when I went on that hunt, I was nervous. I was nervous about a lot of things. My, my physical abilities to keep up and not hold people behind. Cause you don't want to be that guy. Right. Exactly. So I had trained, I had taken my regimen of going to the gym six, five, six days, seven days a week. And I turned it to, focus on how can I get around in the high country of Wyoming? And so, it included a lot of cardio. 
Well, here's but here's question. Only... Well, question Go for ahead. you is uh, on that hunt. I guess kind of t- what kind of hunt was it? Um, was it a true backpack style, or were you guys uh, road camping we, and hiking we, way in? Or we did both. We spiked out. Um, we spiked out uh, once, and then but we had a base camp, and so we were we were we weren't sleeping in the comforts of like the Holiday Inn. Right. We exactly. were. I mean, we're eating dehydrated food. Water was not readily available. Um, we were sleeping on cots, um, that kind of thing. You know, I mean, it was it was comfortable compared to being backpacked in, but we did spike out, and the elevation was anywhere between, I think, probably like sixty five hundred, just shy of ten. Okay. So, I'm a, I'm like. I laugh and tell people I'm a valley dweller. So my living room where I reside is uh, elevation is 307 feet. So right. So t- 10,000 feet. 10,000 feet you deal. feel. <laughs> it's, it's a big deal. And yeah. I I never, when I went into that, I I cut it all apart, right? Like Like I said before, I cut it down into my physical abilities and then my camera abilities. And... When I got there, just a total stress ball, Jason and I drove to, we drove to Wyoming and once we got there and kind of got our stuff laid out, it, it literally just all started coming naturally. Like I think the stress, it went away and I just kind of did what everybody told me to do. And I did what my old man had instilled into me that was, it's not just hunting look at just look at everything around you like look at the views and all of a sudden it's like oh i just take the video camera i point it at the hunter and i push record i can zoom in and out but it's it's almost easy because the landscape is is painting a picture right like it's it's making it it's making it easy and so that hunt was Jason found success. The other fella did not, but it was a hundred percent. It was just an amazing hunt. It was amazing place. And I was fully 100% addicted. So when and you're so on, I, well, when you're on this hunt, uh, for those of us that have no idea what it's like to actually film, um, what I would consider a professional hunt. Like you get the YouTube guys with the GoPro and, and you know, that's their, their videography. It's just whatever is in the, in the frame more or less, but what is it actually like when you're, when you're out there? I mean, are you taking film like eight or 10 hours a day and you just shift through all of it to see what you want to use? Or do you decide, okay, I'm, it, I'm only going to film here and there or what, you know, how's that work? No. So I've, I've always learned it's better to have more than not enough. Right. So mm-hmm. everybody has their own style. You could take like uh, a guy that's filming a hunt that he, he sat down and he has, maybe he had, he, he pretty much has an itinerary, an itinerary, right? So he has certain scenes and certain shots that he wants to get. Once he hits those cameras off. Okay. I don't disagree with that but I do disagree with it because what happens, let's say you and I are on a hunt and I have my itinerary and I'm looking over it for the day and I'm like, yeah, we've got, we've got today's content. We've met it. 
I don't need the camera anymore. And I turn the camera off and then let's say we bump a black bear or something. If the camera's rolling and it catches that, dude, that's awesome footage for a hunt, right? Like, exactly. and if I've already met my itinerary, I've, my camera's off and I didn't catch it. Here's another thing. If you're not filming some of the best, I think some of the best stuff on YouTube is it's just real life hunting. It's not, don't try to fake it. Don't, you know, catch it live and in the moment. Um, you know, so if, if you and I are on a hunt and say we had another guy with us, if we're sitting around because the hunting is slow, but we're sitting there picking and teasing each other, what happens when, when one of us says something really, really funny and the camera wasn't rolling and it's like, dang it, you cannot, I don't care how many times you try, if you turn the camera back on and you try to relive that, it's not the same. It's not the same. And right. so my method of madness is if, you know, if, if we're just sitting around just kind of, you know, BSing each other and it, it seems like it's got good, like there's some sort of detail that catches me right, right out of the gate. Camera is on and I'm filming it. And I'll just keep the conversation rolling naturally. If it's like we're just sitting there talking just nonsense, I'm not going to film it. So I'm kind of gauging it right as I go. But like if, if we're hunting elk, let's say with our bows and you're, let's say you're the shooter in the caller. My job is camera guy. Like my job is just that, just to make sure we're getting some, we're getting still images and we're getting video. We may end up having literally dude, we could have, 60 hours of video for a four day hunt or whatever, okay. you know, whatever, right. but it's better to have more than not enough because then all of a sudden what happens when you're at home and you're, you're cutting this video apart and you're like, dang it. I remember, I remember that scene because that's what we're going to call it. And we don't have that. Well, right. now you're upset with me because now you really could have used that 15 second clip or that 10 second clip just to bump your video to an even 25 minutes. Right. Okay. And so like I gauge a lot of it, dude, like if we're calling elk in soon as soon as you start bugling, I'm going to turn the camera on. If a bull answers, the camera's obviously staying on. If nothing answers, maybe I turn the camera off. Maybe I look at the footage. I watch the raw, I watch the footage on the camera and go, we've got 75 of those clips. I'm dumping it right now. So I just delete it right now. Right. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll look at. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, you watch these shows of like uh, Phelps and uh, the born and raised guys. Uh, I bring them up mainly because uh, they kind of, they have similar hunting styles where they bugle a ton. And I always mm -hmm. thought to myself, like how many times on camera have they filmed them bugling through the day not gotten an answer, but the one they show on YouTube is the bugle. They got the answer. So in my head, I'm sitting there thinking like those, those guys are being filmed basically every time they bugle, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes yes. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the way to look at that too, if you take somebody like Jason, mm -hmm. like, cause I filmed Jason, it's, it's really good for the audience, even though it's the same bugle. Let's say Jason bugled 10 minutes ago, and then 
fast forward into say we're on a 10 day hunt, you know, we've got 10 clips of Jason bugling on day one. And on day two, we're like, dude, we've got clips of you bugling, but it's sometimes really nice to have those, those clips in there just to show that, Hey, you watch day one, but look at what we're doing different in day two. Hear the sound difference. We, and that's a thing that I guess maybe as a, as a guy filming, I should be like, Hey, you know, Brad, why, why did yesterday we use, why did we only try to locate bugles and we didn't throw anything, you know, real aggressive out there, but today we're kind of being aggressive. Like, and tell the audience why we're doing it. It actually helps because if we can hear it, if you and I can sit and watch it and hear it, a lot of times what happens is, is the next thing you know, is we have our bugle tube and our reed and we're driving our significant other or our neighbors crazy because now we heard this sound that is a different tone, different pitch. It's something different. And now all of a sudden on the TV that we're watching, a bull has responded. So now we're going to master that sound. Or maybe it's just a different sound that we've never heard. Say maybe you make, and we've been watching your YouTube videos for the past four years and we've never heard you do this. And it's, okay. I mean, there's, there's two ways to look at it, dude. Like I, I know, trust me, trust me as somebody that films a hunt, do you know how many bugles I hear in September? Oh like, gosh. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't I, even, as, I mean, some of these guys, I, I mean, can, myself, I've bugled. I mean, there's days that I bugle. I don't even know, 60, 70, 80 times throughout a day. Like, right. um, and it may not happen all day, but on number 81, that bull finally answers like, because maybe I was in his bedroom and you know, he had heard me bugling all day, but until I finally got close enough, he's like, okay, now you're in here and I'm going to let you know I'm here, you know? So, so yeah, I can only imagine how many bugles you, you hear with guys like Phelps who, who, um, are that good at it, that that's what they do. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own style, right? Like some guys are, uh, spot and stock and, you know, you take guys like Jason, Jason will straight tell you if you've ever gone to a seminar or anything, he'll tell you, he doesn't hunt elk that, that don't bugle. And that's okay. Like that's just part of it. Like, and that's back, you know, back into that filming thing. Like, it goes into like, what do you film? What don't you film? Um, I think everybody's going to kind of, if you're, if you're getting into filming your own hunts, like if that's something you truly want to do, you're going to have to pick and choose. Like you're going to have to kind of build, build a movie in your head, build it how you want. And then you're going to have to start connecting the dots in the field. And that's, you know, and after, so to get back to, filming and hunting so after that hunt when i returned home i was dude i was full i was i was on cloud nine dude i was fully hooked i wanted i wanted to figure out ways to get more involved in the industry and that door got answered again dude that november uh the team from black ovis which obviously friends with uh they called and said hey we got a guy in the office that has literally a once in a lifetime elk tag and we want to film it. And I'm like, Oh dude, sick. Like how you want me to do it? And they're like, we want you. I'm like, Oh dang. So it was all very fresh for me. And so I flew to Utah. We drove to the desert 
it was a rad place. We filmed the hunt. It was literally, dude, it was planned to be like an eight day hunt in the high desert. And it turned into a one day hunt. Uh, the guy was successful on opening day. Um, and that was a cool hunt because not only was I, was I just there as the guy filming, but I was the guy helping, you know, find elk. I was the guy helping. I was the, I was not only the guy filming and taking pictures, but I was like this guy's, uh, hunting partner. So that opened up a new, a whole nother can of worms for me. I'm like, dang, it, it really started to open these, these doors and this, this kind of this, uh, just these ideas that I'm like, I can go on. I'm not, I'm not sacrificing my own time to hunt. Right. Like, right. yes, I am. I'm not filling my tag per se, but I'm getting to go on some really cool adventures and someone else is paying for them. And I'm getting a little bit of money for it. Right. Cause and at so, the time, dude, when I started, when ahead. I started out, I, I didn't, I'm probably going to be shunned for this, but I'll be honest. I didn't charge. I didn't charge those two hunts. I just told you about, I made $0 and zero cents on them. I got, what I did get was experience. Someone paid for me to go on an adventure and I, my, you know, my basic necessities of life, my travel, my food and that kind of stuff that was all paid for. And I'm like, you mean to tell me I can make money at this? Like I could make money doing this, going on adventures and chasing people around with a camera. Like I'm in. So but I that, guess that that's a good, good thing you brought up though. Cause I was going to ask you it, um, you know, say somebody, one of the listeners is, uh, wanting to get into filming hunts, or maybe they're a kid that listens to this and thinks, man, I really want to do this as a career. You know, what can you expect to make on a hunt, say a seven day wilderness hunt? Like let's use Randy Newberg's, um, crew, you know, for an example, you know, what do you think his, huh. his film guy's making? Because he's got a big production. Like, is that, is that yeah. guy making, you know, $5,000 on a hunt filming or like, oh, I mean, do you have any idea? No, I don't. I, I can tell you that like Newberg's guys are making, they're making bankroll. Okay. Like they're not, they're not, I'm not doing it for like, if somebody wanted to get into it and be like me, you're not going to get rich. Right. But here's the here's the here's the question i asked that i've been stuck on lately is if you have if you have the things in life you want right and you can you can afford to do this and it it provides you the life that you're okay with then why not do it because at the end of all of it what is money is we have to have money right to survive we we, we pretty much have to have money to survive, but we don't need, we don't need wheelbarrows full of money. Right. The one thing that we can't get back is time. So right. I'm almost 40 years old and I feel like I'm just ending the hunting industry, you know, as this, this kind of this wannabe camera guy. And it's like, there's guys that are competing against me. And in a sense that are 25, 26, it's like, I'm not going to get rich. I'm not going to retire off of it, but the end of it all, what I will, you know, if, if I leave this place tomorrow, one thing that I will be remembered by is 
dude, I've already gone on some epic adventures. Like right. I've, I've already seen, you know, and some of that's my childhood, but I've already got to see some of the, some cool, some cool stuff that most average hunters would, no offense, they would be jealous of. You know, it's oh, like I can imagine, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've done some really cool backcountry hunts, uh, you know, where you're, you know, 10 miles in, you know, we've taken, you know, llamas in and it's a true wilderness adventure. But yeah, going on these hunts, though, with the guys that you're going on, like they're drawing good tags in country where you're gonna see a ton of animals uh, a lot of times, you know, or they're uh, and, and this isn't to take away anything from what Jason does or anybody in the hunting industry, but like Jason probably has tips on where to go. Right. Like where me, no one's going to say, Hey man, I know this spot in Wyoming. Like, you know, you go there and there's It is an awesome country and awesome elk where a guy like Jason has enough insight in the industry that people are probably willing to kind of go, Hey, if you're going to do this, you know, this is kind of the area I would go. So, yep. so when you get invited on those hunts, like you're already in a great area, right? Um, mm -hmm. And Jason still has to kill the elk. I'm not taking that away from him at all. I'm just saying being, being involved with this gives you that chance to see these um, already very well populated areas, you know, with animals and awesome country. So yeah, it definitely gives you kind of a, uh, you know, uh, a step ahead of everybody else when you go with them to see this kind of stuff. No, oh, it does. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I get, <clears throat> I get to see some cool stuff and, you know, so here's part of being a, here's part, here's, here's probably the biggest part of being a good photographer in the industry. He, no one will probably ever tell you this and they're not going to make you sign a document, but this is the biggest picture that you can paint for other people as a person of you. If, if you take me to your spot and you never said, Hey, and maybe it's an over the counter spot, or maybe you talk about a spot. If I, if I come home and tell my buddies, dude, I just found the sickest over the counter tag. Brad was talking about it in the pickup. What kind of person does that make me? So you're pretty much your sign When you, when you go on these hunts, you're you have two choices you can take that intel that all the all the stuff that you hear you can use it to your advantage or you can pretend like you never heard it i get asked a lot i've been asked for for uh pin look i've been i've been offered money for my pins from onyx from people mm. i've been asked uh, this is all over Instagram. These are people that don't even really know me. Hey, did Jason talk about, you know, this unit in, in Wyoming, or did he say anything about this unit in Montana? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, so the thing I tell people is a lot of times do when I get in the pickup truck, I don't really pay attention to that. I don't. It's, it's easier to drown it out and, and not have the information and forget about it, forget that you heard it, then jeopardize your friendship and jeopardize your good name in the industry. That's the biggest way you can ruin your name. If, if you were to take me on a hunt and then I was to go and take some guys back there 
and you seen me, you'd be like, huh, well, how'd they figure that out? Are you really going to believe that I'm like, when they say, oh, we, we threw a dart at the map. You're not going to believe that. Not when you know, I'm standing I, there. I never would have thought in a million years about somebody buying pins from you. Like the whole time we've ever talked, I mean, we've chatted a lot. Uh, it's never even crossed my mind. Like I've never thought <laughs> about saying, uh, you know, hey, Jason, where, where, where have you heard these good areas? Like, I guess, I guess in my mind is like, I would never, you know, ruin our friendship by putting you in a position to say, well, you know, I can't tell you that, you know, don't ask me that stuff. Like, yeah, I would have never, it would have never crossed my mind, but I guess uh, there are people that, you know, they're willing to do that. They don't care if they can find an animal. But, it's like, I'll pay you money. I don't care. Well, and so a guy asked me, dude, he straight up messaged me on Instagram and offered to buy the pins and he actually got, he actually got like, he got pissed. He got like straight up pissed off at me. Um, he wanted to buy the pins for where we were at in Wyoming. And the reason I love, dude, I love watching a YouTube video and knowing that it's my work. I love that. Not, not for, not for fame or fortune. If you follow my Instagram, you can see that I'm not famous. Um, I don't broadcast it to people. So this guy had figured out at the end of it that, ah, you know, if I, if I message Jason, he's not going to tell me if I message that guy, he's, I'm going to message that guy. And so this dude sends me a message and he's like, he introduces himself pretty polite and he didn't beat around the bush. He got right to it. He wanted to know that if I would sell him pins for the spot that we were in, in Wyoming. And I was like, pins, I played dumb. And he's like, yeah, the pins. And I'm like, no, dude, I ain't got no pins. He's like, you mean to tell me you don't, you didn't have pins for that location? I'm like, no, dude, I'm a camera guy. And this is the truth. A lot of times, like when I go on a hunt with you, it's probably really, really bad. I don't, I don't pull my phone out and drop pins. I'm there to video you hunting and take pictures. Now, if you tell me, Hey, can you drop a pin here? Or if you shoot an animal, then yes, I will pull my phone out and start, start dropping pins on, on blood track, you know, tra blood trails or trying to track it. Then yes, I'm going to do that. But even if I do have pins, I'm not going to sell them to you. Right. And a lot of times, dude, when it's during the hunt, I don't drop pin. I don't, I'm not putting pins on my map. I'm not going to, cause some of these units that we go to, I don't have enough money to buy the tag or with the point creep, I'm never going to draw it anyway. Right. So at that point, what is the point of me trying to film and drop pins? I guess maybe I should start considering it because I could come home and sell them to people, but that's just not who I am. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely, uh, I guess, I guess we're kind of winding down here. So let's, um, let's, we'll go into this last question, which this brought us into it perfectly. You know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of very good things in the hunting industry, uh, you know, that, that I've come across on social media and you see, uh, in the news and wherever, but there's also a lot of bad things, uh, kind of like what you just said, guys are so, I should say people, I'm not going to say just, just males. I mean, I'm sure there's females that are diehards too. So let's say there are people in the hunting industry that are willing to like that, just, Hey, give me this dude's information for money. So what kind of stuff do you think 
that we could be better about as a whole in the hunting industry, whether it be egos, uh, helping people out better, uh, you know, along those lines, like what, what do you think? Just the, the ego thing is, dude, there's like, there's so much people, there's so many like egos of you're, you, you have to, in order to be an Instagram hunter, you have to just kill a ton of things, right? You just got to be the stone cold killer. And if, if that's a, if that's an image that we're going to, we're going to leave behind, dude, there's a few guys out there that I know that fit that bill. I'm not one of them. I don't pretend to be one of them. So the pretending to be something that you're not, that act is like, dude, it's worn out. Right. And the thing now is like social media is a great tool, but now we all want, we don't want to hunt to hunt how I was brought into hunting. We We want want to hunt for followers because we want to hunt for followers and free, free gear from company a and free gear. And we want to have this branded title of pro athlete. Well, what is a pro athlete? Like, are We've taken hunting and we've turned it into the NFL and everybody's competing against everybody. And it's like, you see it, you see it so much at like, you know, like Western hunt, everybody around there is walking around with a giant chest because they're better than anyone else in there. They're a better shed hunter. They can hike further. They can do more push-ups. They can do whatever. And it's like, dude, like just dro- just drop all that nonsense, just be you, right? Just be who you are, and accept it, and just keep working harder to be the person that you're pretending to be. Right. Like don't pretend to to be someone that like. Does that make sense? Like yes, we have. And then the next thing is is I had a very good conversation with a with a very well known biologist when I was in Salt Lake. Very very. Uh, smart man. I mean, he's probably got more sense and more smarts in his left hand than I do my whole entire being. And so I'm sitting at a dinner table with a lot of, a lot of these guys that are very high up in the hunting industry. Now, are they famous? I don't know, but they, they have a lot of pull, right? Because you've got, you've got this biologist that works at the university of Colorado that's teaching the future biologist. You have a guy that's working, you know, at, underneath the federal government. So you have some, you have some big name players sitting at this table and here's little old Jason Cole. And they're sitting there and they're talking about the hunt, hunting industry and how it's being ruined. And so I let them, I let them talk. And without even thinking when the talking was done, I spoke up, I said, you want to know who ruins the hunting industry? We do. And they all looked at me like, excuse me. I'm like, we ruin it. The hunters. I said, we're ruining it ourselves. I said, we're, we're ruining it by turning it into a sport. And I said, and then, and the next thing we're ruining it by, I said, is when we go out and kill something, we, we have, we, we, we have to post it on social media. We have to post it. We have to. And I said, that's okay to post a picture or two. And I said, but it's the grip, you know, it's the, the riding the bull when you, when you killed it, it's tongues hanging out. It's the disrespect of the animal. You know, I said, I said that. 
<laughs> I said that on my elk shape podcast with Dan Stanton um, or Staten. I can't remember his last name, but um, he, he brought that up and I said, you know, I, I, I don't mean to name names here, but you have these accounts uh, that uh, like, like TSD or TDS or whatever it is out of Utah. Um, you know, they always show the, the, the testicles of the deer and they, they laugh about it. They post right. it on all their stuff. And, and it's not that they're probably really bad people. And I'm not going to go that far to say, well, they're probably, you know, they're probably not good people. What I'm trying to say is they've taken hunting and they make a mockery of it with that. And yeah, they may really love hunting, but we're such a small group that when anti hunters see that stuff, they have more we, ammunition to attack, you know, we, and go ahead. Oh, 10 years ago, we, you know, we weren't this, we, we as hunters weren't this group and we literally, we give them the gun and now we are giving them the bullets. Yeah. I, I mean, got in a big argument. A guy, a guy called me on, on social media, he called me fake. He, he told me that I was in the hunting industry trying to be a, uh, a movie star uh, you get the picture, right? I was only doing it for free stuff. And I'm like, and then his thing was, is he's like, well, you never actually kill anything. And I'm like, no, oh, I, I've, I've killed stuff. Just maybe not ever posted a picture of it. Maybe I just, you know, and a lot of times if, if people that follow me look, I don't usually post success pictures. I don't post a lot of success pictures on the hunts that I go on. Right. Yeah, there's not much on your page, um, you know, of animals. So, I will, yeah, I will. Po I will post the the fact that we're on the journey and in the journey, and we're doing things. But for the most part, like, I'm not. It, I I do the the whole filming thing. That's a that's a passion. That was a spark that that just needed to turn into a fire. It's not my job to post your kill picture, but it is my job to make sure that when you do get an animal down that we take 15 or 20 minutes, we clean the blood off of it. We put it, I don't care if it takes us 20 minutes just to move it. We move it and we make it look like it should. Like we, it, not everybody's going to respect it, but the picture needs to look like we are respecting the animal period. Right. You don't need to well, sit on its back and ride its horns. Right. That's, that's true. My two I mean, biggest yeah, I, I, um, you know, I have people that write hunting stories for my website. Uh, you know, it's more to get, get the small fish, um, to have some, some sort of, um, success in this industry. And I feel like, uh, you know, you used to have Eastman's hunting journal and things like that, that they looked for the people that were, were just starting out new at it. And those are the stories, but it's blown up so much that unless you have big money, great tags, usually you don't get into those um, magazines, things like that. So I kind of have taken that role, um, onto my website, but one thing I won't ever do, um, for the most part is I won't ever post anything that has blood on it. I mean, I can't always be too picky because the people that are writing these stories, uh, for me and submitting them, you know, they, they are, I guess you'd say amateur photographers, hunters, however you want to put it. They're not, they're, they're not out there looking, you know, with a professional photographer to get great pictures, but if they send me a picture and the tongue's hanging out or blood's all over their face, I'm not going to post it on my website. I'm just not. Right. And that's, and you know, that, that covers that aspect of it. Like be a, be a good hunter, but I guess back to the, 
to quickly wrap this up, like those are my two gripes, dude. It's like you've got all these people that want to be insta hunt the famous or whatever, whatever the newest greatest lingo is. That's not what I'm about. It's not uh, lots of people. There's plenty of people out there that think I'm doing this because um, I want to be, you know, the next Jason Phelps or whatever. Uh, I don't, I, I, that's not where my goals lie. Um, Lone, like really like the truth be had it is like, I, I just do this because I, I enjoy it. Like I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. If I wanted free stuff and if I really wanted to become some giant, you know, big name, truth be told is I know enough people in this industry. I could probably maybe make things happen, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to have fun and make new friends and chase my own personal passion and go on adventures. Like that's why I'm here. Well, that is, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to say, and I think people are there. They've lost sight of just, just that those simple, the simple ways of life. It's, it's turned into a, a, a sporting game of sorts. All right. And I 100% agree. And I think, um, I think both those were uh, great points. I think we, as a hunting industry as a whole, we need to think about what we're going to post on social media. Uh, we need to do a better job at helping one another. I think we do a, uh, pretty poor job about, uh, you know, well, I, I hike 10 miles in, you know, you're, you, you only, you barely get off the road. So me and you can't really talk, you know, there's right. It's, it's like, yeah, I may want to go in five, six miles and camp and spike out. But if there's a new hunter that gets out of his trucks, like, Hey, you know, I've never been here. It's my first year. You got any pointers for me? And we're at the trailhead. Like, sure. I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm going to hike in here. I've got these meadows set out, but I might say, Hey, I've, you know, I've scouted this general area and I can say that there's elk that come through here, 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 you know, but, or give them some, some idea what the land looks like. You know, I'm going to give them some basic tips. Uh, but I think you do get a lot of these guys that are just like, I'm not going to say anything, you know, this is, this is hunting and, and I can't share my information at all. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe that would make or break this guy's hunt. Um, in a sense of, yeah, he's probably not going to kill anything, but maybe it will be successful to him now because he had some more enjoyment from it because of your tips, you know, because you helped him out for a 30 second conversation. So I think we need to do a better job about stuff like that. No, and that's what it is, dude. I mean, we're all sportsmen. We're, we're in this together. No, we don't have to share honey holes, but we can at least point a guy in a direction. Right. You know, I mean, mean, dude, Dan Staten does an awesome job for you guys listening. Those elk shaped camps. Uh, I have a lot of messages because I went and helped Dan do pictures at one. Is it really worth it? Honest opinion, not doing this because Dan's not paying me. Uh, and Dan didn't pay me to go take pictures of the elk shape camp. I did it all for free because Dan's a friend of mine. And I didn't charge him because when I left there, I actually had learned some stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> we're good. We'll just call it even. He's like, what? I'm like, dude there's like a wealth of knowledge given in these things, like legitimately like Dan, Dan's kind of helping you write a playbook. If you're a new hunter or if you're a hunter that is just, I mean, is trying, but is like coming up empty handed, like, or if you're a successful hunter and now all of a sudden you fit a dry spell, dude, those camps, 
are like they're to, in my personal opinion it's a lot of money it's well worth it it is that's this is personal opinion that's awesome and if you um you know we're kind of wrapping this up here but jason is uh very into fitness as well and that's kind of what linked us up together um on instagram in the beginning so I think there's going to be a part two to this conversation. <laughs> that's going to be uh, the fitness side of things and motivation side of things there, because uh, you know, you got to check out Jason's Instagram uh, to see it. Uh, but, but there's going to be a part two. I really hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. I think uh, Jason just gave us some awesome insight into the hunting, hunting world. Uh, Jason, what what is your instagram handle it's jason.cole i believe yep yep and it's k-o-h-l okay awesome so i'll put it if everybody listening i'll put that in in the in the notes for everybody to see uh but jason is just an awesome guy and he he's he's always motivated never a bad word that comes out of his mouth a negative word um so i i highly recommend checking his page out uh jason thanks again for coming on here yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, bud. Until part two. All right. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Brad. Uh, today's episode was with Jason Cole, uh, just an awesome guy. Uh, I strive to find people for this podcast who are always willing to help other people and living the best life they can personally. I just think it's a great way to motivate yourself to live the best life you can. So definitely look Jason up. His Instagram is jason.cole. Always a cool dude. Uh, With any questions you have about the outdoors, hunting related, more than happy to answer anything you have. Uh, You can always find me at, on Instagram, uh, Backcountry Cardio, or uh, my website, backcountrycardio.com. Again, thank you for listening.